Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to another episode of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm happy to connect with you this week. So we are going to get into how to bounce back from rock bottom. This week, we have a guest named Amy Denson. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner, and we're going to talk about all the things that helped her to move forward when she hit rock bottom. So Amy is a former professional athlete turned nutritional therapy practitioner after she was diagnosed with her second autoimmune disorder, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, post-retirement. So today we talk with her and focus on how she is working to help women who are lacking medical supports in order to help them bounce back from rock bottom. So we don't just talk about her story, but we move into some of the practical tips that everybody can use when they've come along to hard times or when they've went through issues in themselves that they really need to move forward on. We talk about things like food and movement and water and sleep, um, a lot of those foundational things. We learn Amy's amazing story and um, really fascinating to understand a little bit more about the life of a professional athlete. And then we also talk about what we can do to move forward ourselves and the things that are going to have those biggest impacts on our health. So please join me in welcoming Amy Denson. So welcome, Amy, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit more about your background? Sure. Yeah. So I um, I am a former professional athlete um, and I, you know, grew up playing sports and was a very much a tomboy and I'm over six foot. And I, I joke that I was like basically this size in the sixth grade. I've always been really <laughs> tall. Um, and I've, I've just loved sports and loved being active. And I always knew that I had, um, you know, a real passion for basketball. And so that's really what I pursued. Um, very much in high school, I ended up uh, playing for Arizona State University, where we were able to make school history, and we made an appearance of the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, which was my dream. And wow. after college, I ended up getting an agent and was able to play professionally overseas for almost eight years, and got to fulfill that dream, which you know was, gosh, um, a long time ago. Um, it was about 15 years ago that I started. Um, playing professionally. And, you know, I really wasn't aware of the opportunities overseas. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's even it's grown, the women's game has grown so much. But um, even then, you know, just to be able to travel the world and be able to be paid for my passion and my love for that game was, um, it was, you know, my first dream come true. So yeah, so I just, you know, kind of athlete. And once I retired, I was 30 years old. And 
you know, kind of came back to the States and, and had a major identity crisis is like, what the heck am I going to do now? Um, you know, not having had lived in the United States for so long and really having to <laughs> wrap my head around the idea of living in one place. And all I had was a laptop and a suitcase for most of my, uh, twenties in my career. And, um, so just a lot of newness. I was in a new relationship who is now my husband. Um, and yeah, I just kind of floated around for a while. I ended up landing at a small division one uh, school, Portland State University, where I coached women's basketball. And I thought that that was like it. This is my calling. I loved it. And I really think that mentoring young women at that you know stage in life, especially athletes and and a lot of identity work and pressure to perform and confidence and um a lot of stuff that I kind of struggled with in during that time, I thought, oh, this would be great to have um, a different perspective um, coming in where, you know, I, I had experienced it. I had been recruited. Um, I did get to play at the the highest level. So if that's something a, an athlete wanted to do, you know, how, how do I, how to pursue that? Um, but yeah, just with kind of the stress of life and the job, um, kind of ended up uh, stressing myself out to, to the max and, and kind of, had to reevaluate how I dealt with stress and how I dealt with life. Um, I ended up getting very sick and um, that's kind of what led me to where I am today and in uh, and, and helping other women to, to not basically go through kind of the, the health crisis that I went through. Um, so it's kind of a winding road, but that's kind of where, where the background started. Yeah, that's great. And super interesting. I mean, it definitely sounds like you've had quite an interesting life and lots mm. of wonderful opportunities. I know you mentioned a little bit about um, some challenging health issues once, um, you know, you were kind of in a high stress situation. What types of health issues were you dealing with just so listeners can kind mm -hmm. of understand the linkages. Yeah. And so I was, I was born with uh, an autoimmune disorder and um, nothing that has really um, probably because I naively, I just didn't know much about it, but nothing that's really affected the way that I wanted to live my life. And when I was um, 30 ish to 33 is kind of when I started to experience what I now know as symptoms, I kind of took it as um, you know, a personal attack on myself as far as like, you know, what am I doing wrong? And, it, you know, if, why am I aging? Am I aging? Is this part of aging? Um, I can fix this. I can, you know, eat better or eat less. I can work out harder. I can, I can be more disciplined. You know, I was very tough on myself. What I didn't understand what my body was doing, what it was trying to communicate. It was crying out for help. Um, mm. and in my family, I do have a history of thyroid, um, thyroid disorders. And so I'd always kind of known in the back of my head that that's, that's a real possibility. Um, I didn't know that with thyroid, um, the autoimmune side of it. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is when my body and gets a little confused and starts to think that my thyroid is, is the foreign invader. It is something that needs to be getting gotten rid of. And so my body was attacking my thyroid. It was a, an immune response. Um, mm -hmm. Along with that, I also have hypothyroidism, which is very common. And I don't think that it's talked about enough that most of the time Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, they kind of come as a pair. It's a, 
you know, 70 to 80%, which we can talk about that a little bit later because it's not sometimes the Hashimoto or the autoimmune side of the thyroid is not always tested. And so if people are, you know, very commonly diagnosed with hypo or hyperthyroidism, and they take, you know, a pill and nothing else changes, they still feel, you know, very lethargic, they just don't feel like themselves they are gaining weight. Um, you know, for our thyroid, it's like our little engine. So it's very much controlling our our body temperature. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night with night sweats, or, um, you know, cold hands, cold feet, um, you know, uh, hair loss and hair loss for me was my last kind of like, okay, something's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. what I, you know, what I didn't understand was how much the stress of my job mm. and the stress, the perceived stress that I was putting on myself. So when I say per- perceived stress, that is the worry of the future or the like, you know, really, um, like honing in or fixating on the past. So, you know, feeling senses of regret, feeling like I should be better, feeling as though I need to do more, feeling as though I need to be uh, more accepted in my job. And I very much wasn't. I was not. It was a very tough situation as far as me being around the wrong people. Um, And I didn't really take it as that. I took it as it's not I'm around the wrong people. It's that I'm not doing enough. It's something wrong with me where I'm not fitting in. And so that really kind of messed with my confidence. And it just, I thought about it all the time. Like, how can I do more? How can I? And so I really wasn't really setting any boundaries for myself on how I wanted to be treated, right? I wasn't really being heard. I wasn't um, feeling like I was contributing at all. And I think that that, you know, that feeling of, of, knowing you're contributing and being a part of something I like teamwork is like my blood, right? I want to be a part and, and of something I want to support the people around me as well. And so that perceived stress or me just really not valuing my worth in that time, bending over backwards for people that were not at all bending over backwards for me. Um, I kind of, I feel like I kind of stressed myself into a really elevated state. And this is, you know, just how, how do we deal with stress? How do we deal with people treating us certain ways? You know, this, these are habits or thoughts or behaviors that I've developed over my whole life. Right. So through different, different types of circumstances. Um, and so for, for me, hair loss was the, the, the time where I was like, okay, enough is enough. Um, I went and saw an endocrinologist who diagnosed me with uh, Hashimoto's and um, I went and got a biopsy of my thyroid, which was kind of scary. Um, And, you know, I had asked, so having Hashimoto's, could this be related to any of the symptoms I'm experiencing? I just, I don't have any energy. I, you know, at the time I was you know, in that stressful job, I ended up quitting, but I kind of went from that job to another stressful job in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the theme of stress is really how am I dealing with stress, right? And so because we we can find stress at anywhere, everywhere. Um, But how I was how I was dealing with it was the same type of way. So I was going from an environment to a different environment, but I wasn't changing the way that I dealt with things. Um, And so I'd ask the endocrinologist, like, is there any relation to 
you know, me gaining weight to me feeling really lethargic um, to me wanting to sleep for all the time through the weekend. And then on Sunday being so depressed that I'd have to do it all over again. Uh, any, you know, uh, relating to my hair loss, anything like that. And, and they said, no. And I said, is there anything else I can do? And they said, no, you just need to wait until your thyroid basically destroys itself. And then we'll put you on uh, hormone supplements to keep you going. And, you know, I had this gut feeling that I'm like, God, that just doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And, but at the same time, you know, obviously this was a very well-known endocrinologist and not that it was any ill intention advice, but it wasn't in her wheelhouse. Right. Right. It, it wasn't in her wheelhouse to treat this Hashimoto's or treat this thyroid um, function or dysfunction in, in, in a different way. There wasn't any sort of lifestyle talk, you know, talking of sleep, uh, diet, movement, uh, stress, <laughs> stress reduction. It, that, that wasn't a part of what she's there to do. And so it wasn't ill intention, but at the same time, I didn't listen to whatever was in my gut saying that doesn't sound right. I kept going on with my life. And so about two or three years later, I'm still struggling with the same symptoms. And I feel like I'm just kind of in a fight with my body to respond in the way that I've always been used to it responding. And we had had a company over for uh, Memorial Day, actually, it's coming up. And uh, I wasn't feeling well. And I just put on a, you know, the the face of the host. And, um, you know, and the thing is, is if I would have just said, I don't feel well, the people that we had here, they're amazing. And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have ruined the weekend or anything like that. But heaven forbid that I ever, you know, say <laughs> anything mm-hmm. to disrupt anybody else's uh, happiness or having fun. And so when that yeah. door closed, uh, you know, when they left, I just started bawling. I looked at my husband and I said, I can't, I can't live the rest of my life like this. Like there has to be something different. And the best way I did, I could describe it was for me, that was one of my rock bottom moments. But you know, I would look at myself in the mirror and I wouldn't recognize myself. And now I understand it was more of an inflammation thing rather than like a weight gain per se. But like, I literally didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I didn't feel like myself. And, you know, I, I do have a lot of women and, and clients come to me and, and for, uh, we could go down this rabbit hole for a slew of reasons that weight loss is the main goal. But mm-hmm. when I was at my rock bottom moment, I didn't care about the weight. I wanted to feel like myself again. I wanted energy to me was the gold standard. Um, and, and to be able to pursue my life and live my life the way that I wanted to. And so, you know, it, that's when I kind of started to really advocate for myself. And when I say advocate for myself, it sounds like very strong and very like, you know, chest out, like, this is, this is who I am. This is, but it was very much a baby step and following that instinct of this cannot be the way I live the rest of my life. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to settle for this being the re- the way I live the rest of my life. I mean, I was only, um, you know, really like, I think 34 years old. Um, and, you know, I, I've been to different doctors. I went to a dermatologist for the hair loss. Cause I Googled it like, Oh, maybe a dermatologist can help me. Um, okay. and I had a dermatologist tell me that I was prematurely balding at 33 years old and, and to maybe try Rogaine. And I was like, again, in my, I didn't say anything out loud, but I just said in my gut, in my heart, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. 
It doesn't sound right. You know, I had another doctor. Um, I, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. So we had a doctor recommend sleeping pills, but he just said, these aren't really the ones I want to give to you. I actually have to give these certain ones to you first, but just know they're super addicting. And then I was really, I was, you know, afraid to mm-hmm. hop on that bandwagon. Cause I'm like, well, gosh, that's the last thing I need right now is to, <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was such a, a road of kind of dead ends for a bit. And not that any of these people are ill intentions. Again, mm-hmm. it's just what they're there to do. They're there to fix the symptom, right? But there has to be what's underlying that what's causing all of this. And that's what I really wanted to know. And how could I maybe not fix is the right word, but how could I manage it so that I could live my life? Um, And so I just, uh, from that Memorial day weekend, I just started doing my own research and found a naturopath that had experience in Hashimoto's had experience in autoimmune um, and just, you know, really was willing to dig deeper and, after, you know, we went in, kind of went into uh, 2020 and it was a time where I was able to keep my job and work from home. And it was probably the first time in my life that I really rested. Mm-hmm. And that for me was such a game changer. And, you know, once I started to really feel better, um, I again listened to my gut and I was like, you know what? I don't want women to go through the same dead ends that I did. And there is hope you can feel better. And there's a lot that we can do with, you know, the basics with diet, with lifestyle, with movement, with sunshine, with sleep. Um, And so just to, to help women um, that are going through so many, you know, common symptoms that we've deemed as normal and that we're willing to settle with and, you know, settle with living within our day-to-day lives. And I just don't accept that. And I don't, um, I don't want other women to accept that either for themselves. And so that's when I started my own business and really helping women kind of uh, navigate, you know, thyroid or whatever kind of uh, thyroid and autoimmune is kind of where my, you know, expertise kind of lies, but really just, you know, everything is connected. So hormones, gut health, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I landed here. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I can honestly identify with with some of those stories. Like I had a very similar, the first time that I experienced burnout, went mm. to my doctor and said like, you know, I don't know what's going on. And he was like, you know, why don't you try these sleeping pills? You can't sleep because, you know, of that. And it wasn't at all, you know, oh yeah, maybe it's the anxiety. Maybe it's all of these other things contributing. Um, and, you know, similarly with autoimmune, I have had psoriasis. Mm. since um, I was about 13 when it first started to come out on my skin. And and same thing, I went to so many doctors, nobody ever told me it was a like autoimmune condition. It was always mm-hmm. like, oh, psoriasis, here's a cream. This yep. is what you do kind of thing. There was no, oh, you know, this might affect other pieces of your life, you know, your energy, right. your inflammation, like all of those things. And so I think there's probably so many people that can identify with with some of those things that you've come across, I'm sure. How did it feel like in terms of being a professional athlete, someone who's considered super strong, you know, mm-hmm. um, you rely on your body for so much of your job. How did that feel to then start to have these health struggles impact your life? Yeah, I mean, that was very much a part of 
the identity crisis there. You know, um, Mm -hmm. when I retired and I came back to such newness and I was living a life where obviously (laughs) all I was around were, was basketball and athletes and the club that I played for and the fans and, um, not like tooting my own horn, but that was just the environment I was always in. So to come back here and Mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I couldn't even get a job. Because if if somebody didn't at least <laughs> like sports or, or acknowledge sports, right? Um, they were saying that I, you know, they were looking at my resume like, well, you graduated and you've been off the map for eight years. You have zero experience. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, struggling to find a job. And I kept really, you know, who I who am I without saying, hey, I'm Amy, I'm a professional athlete. That was what made me special, right? And so... Now it, it felt like I went from somebody to nobody overnight. And that was really, really difficult. And I always knew retirement was going to be difficult, but no, I did not. I mean, that was really difficult. And so just trying to navigate that and really trying to find out who, like really, who am I? What do I like? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a whole kind of hurdle and an internal hurdle in my in itself. And then to physically not be able to do what I wanted to do, to physically be changing. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think too, as a woman, it's it's also just with the pressure and the all oh, the noise that we have with all the shoulds, how we should look, how we should age. Um, it was incredibly difficult and it was incredibly humbling. And I think you know, right now I, I just turned 39. So I'm going into my last year in my thirties and, you know, talking about movement and, and motivation a lot, you know, but not feeling, you know, I talked to a lot of people, I don't feel like moving my body. I don't feel like walking. And for me, you know, it's all about health and energy. I think I'm kind of, I'm hopefully getting a little bit more past the whole, like, um, you know, of course, I want to look as good as I can, but it's it's you know coming to terms with m- me not being a professional athlete. My body is obviously going to look different, mm-hmm. um, but really taking advantage of what my body can do today, taking advantage of the strength that I have and the muscle memory that I have. I'm just getting you know getting back into really consistent weightlifting because for me, when I'm strong, that's when I feel my most confident. My body has always very much responded to strength training. Um, And, you know, at some point we may not have a choice of how we're able to move our bodies. Mm -hmm. And today I am able to choose how I move my body. And, And I just keep having this reoccurring thought or theme that I just do not want to take advantage um, or I do want to take advantage of, you know, what my body can do today. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I've been at points very, very quickly where I did go from professional athlete to all I want to do is sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a very big difference between not, you know, feeling like something or not being motivated and having chronic fatigue. It's a very, mm-hmm. very big difference. And so, yeah, I mean, it was as, you know, the last, gosh, nine years being in my 30s, there's been so much change. There's been just so much change in my life. And I feel like it all happened at a very, um, very quickly. And so to be able to navigate all of that, so many lessons, but just with all of us, we all have our story and that those lessons build resilience. Mm-hmm. And so what can we learn from that, right? How am I taking 
uh, my past as a professional athlete and, you know, working out in the most extreme ways in combination with not being able to really move my body at all. How can I take, you know, kind of the, the middle of those two and I get to move my body in the way that I choose today. That's also very supportive for my body today. Um, so I really, I guess just summing up, it's just been just a decade of learning (laughs) and, uh, just, just running up a lot of, um, kind of dead ends and, and lessons that, that have humbled me to my knees at some points, but, you know, obviously through pain is, is really, you know, unfortunately pain is, is a place where we are the most motivated to change. Um, or to figure out how to, how to make something better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, you get to a point where you're just like, I can't have it this way anymore. Enough (laughs) Um, is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Enough is enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that mindset of I'm able to choose how I move my body right now. I like that. Um, I really like weightlifting myself as well. I find, you know, the cardio, I have to motivate myself more. So maybe that's something I'll (laughs) try to keep Mm -hmm. in mind. Um, So one of the things I wondered is, you know, you've talked a lot about some of the changes or alluded to a lot of the changes that you've made and where you started to see health improvements. Can you give us a bit of an overview of the ones that really moved the needle in terms of um, your health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So just from like a basic standpoint, when I say basics, you know, food, movement, um, water, sleep. Um, definitely, uh, water, (laughs) please drink your water. That is, it's surprisingly something that, um, I think that is overlooked. Um, and it's, I don't think enough people are drinking enough water and please put in some electrolytes with that, um, movement, you know, when I was feeling up my kind of, when my body was ready to move again, really restorative movement. So we want to be very supportive and we want to create a safe place for your body. I was put, I was personally um, placing a lot of uncertainty in my body because of the stress and the way that I was allowing it to impact my life. And so when your body is in a constant fight or flight, if you are constantly on the go, you're constantly stressed, you're constantly worried about what happened or what's going to happen. Um, our body, it just is not able to really focus on the function, like the daily functions that we need, you know, our digestion, mm-hmm. sleep, um, restorative sleep. So like actually, you know, being able to kind of clean out our, our mind and all the gunk and, and, you know, really restore ourselves for the next day. Um, so really with food, you know, I love, love, love talking about blood sugar regulation and all that is, is just making sure that you are fueling your body in a really balanced way, right? So that we're not experiencing, um, and really blood sugar regulation is how food it impacts your body. So you and I could eat the same exact meals and the reaction to those meals is through our blood it's going to look extremely different. And so if we're constantly like, you know, um, eating food that's causing our blood sugar to spike and then we crash and then we're, you know, craving some sugary, bready kind of things because we we went up, we crashed and now your body's like, oh my gosh, we need some energy. So if we're constantly on that roller coaster, which ironically very much looks like kind of dieting where we gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. So we want to make sure that we're really, really steady in how we're fueling our body. 
And that's just really through like, you know, whole foods. I'm sure people have heard this and know this and just, but really making sure your protein consumption is, is good and that you are eating some balanced meals with some good protein, some fat, some fiber, some carbs, um, that will make a world of difference for energy, especially throughout the day. Um, some of my clients, you know, even with jobs or busy mamas, um, you know, maybe we'll eat breakfast and then maybe we'll eat a snack and then we kind of have a dinner or we're eating late at night. Um, and so we want to just try to make sure that we're supporting our body throughout the day. Um, any restorative movement such as yoga, Pilates, uh, walking uh, is so, so good at any stage of our lives. Uh, for any goal that you have, you know, just to increase your step goal is going to over time work wonders. And I think that that's just really a key is that, you know, it's, it's not a quick fix. It's not. If your body is, if you're experiencing symptoms, if your body is trying to communicate to you that, um, you know, it needs support, your body has been going through or trying to kind of um, work itself out over m- months, probably years. And so the expectation to fix something in three months or to feel better, you can feel better pretty quickly, but to, to get the weight loss, to, you know, get the energy and all of that, it takes time. It takes time and and it takes some focused effort and consistency. Um, But I think, you know, just specifically, um, oh, of course, getting sunshine in the mornings, getting sunshine throughout the day um, and focusing on your sleep. But, you know, when it comes to to specifically weight loss. I think it's just really important to note that first your body has to feel safe to release weight and we have to really support the function of your body so that we can allow it to, to do its thing, to, to digest well, to move well, to detox well, um, so that it not only, um, is able to release weight, but it's, it's functioning at a more optimal level, um, which is going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect, you know, your periods, it's going to affect your moods, um, because everything is so much connected. So it's just having that, um, basically just more of a realistic, like, Hey, this is, these, these are lifestyle changes, or these are lifestyle implementations. It is for long-term, you know, I think we get so stuck on setting, you know, I need to lose weight by, um, summer so that I can X, Y, Z. And then, you know, it kind of at the end of summer or at the end of what, you know, the wedding or whatever that looks like, then we kind of resort back to whatever we were doing. And that's when I was kind of talking about before about the kind of the yo-yo dieting or that the scale going up and down and, um, just really not being able to maintain because all of that, all of that extreme, um, eating the extreme restriction, the extreme movement, the extreme working out, the not working out, all of those extremes are really, really tough on your body. And so if we're not kind of finding a nice middle ground here, um, and we can still be working towards goals, you can still be work weight loss is a great goal. It's just that we have to find some middle ground, some stability and some safety for your body. And so it has a chance to to really work in a more optimal way. Um, so for me, food has been pivotal, pivotal, and I love food. So I love talking about food. Um, and just being consistent with those basics has been, um, has been life-changing for me, you know, and I, you know, the last thing I would say, which it's probably not the most popular thing to say, even for myself, but um, really reducing alcohol consumption um, is going to be huge mm-hmm. because it's, when we drink alcohol, it's the first thing that your body is like, oh gosh, we got to get this out. So, 
any sort of digestion or anything like that is put on hold to get get that out. Um, and so it just really disrupts sleep. Um, as anybody out here knows that like, for me, like, give me all of the charcuterie boards and wine. And I'm, you know, it's really hard to like, not just go kind of all in as far as like food and whatnot when you are drinking. But um, I have nothing against it by any means. But it's just that it, it will really um, help support your healing journey if you can, um, like reduce or eliminate it for some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've done that just I felt like I was doing so many other things trying to be well. And then I thought, well, I don't think this is helping me at all. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah, once you get once you get used to it, it's it's fine. Um, I guess one of the questions that I have is how did you then know when you could go from, you know, that restorative movement, focusing mm-hmm. on yoga, walking into like a more intense exercise. That's something I always struggle with is, you know, I enjoy exercise. I like to push, I like to see, but then I do get where I'm worn down. And sometimes I can't tell the difference, you know, between am I over-exercising? Should I be taking it more easy now? Um you know, could you talk a little bit about that balance? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question. And, you know, with anything, you know, with food, with movement, with, I mean, sleep, and it's, you know, I always look at it like an experiment um, and trying different things and seeing how your body responds. How do you feel? And I think that's the big you know, question for for you or for me or for anybody is just how do you feel? Now, if you are doing extreme you know, like high intensity interval training, if you're doing some heavy lifting or lifting at all, and and your body is like extremely, extremely sore longer than a day or two, that is very much a a response that your body is saying it's not ready. Mm-hmm. If you, um, how do you feel right after the workout, you know, in the next, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, do you feel that kind of, um, that rush of like the endorphins or do you feel just absolutely like spent if you feel absolutely spent either like during the workout and and you're pushing not in like you're pushing like okay i'm getting more in shape but you're pushing like i am exhausted but i'm i my for me i'm like i don't quit right so i'm going to mm-hmm. finish the workout which honestly is probably doing more harm than good and yeah. that's something i had to learn because when i was kind of in the thick of it, experiencing a lot of my symptoms, I was using the high, uh, you know, intensity type of training. Well, I was using that as, uh, you know, for me, I was hoping to lose weight, but also it was my emotional outlet because I wasn't actually dealing with the ish I needed to deal with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was a way for me to mentally and emotionally level out and to like literally get the energy out so that I wasn't like being so anxious and feeling so um, overwhelmed, but which is a great thing. Like I still use movement for a mental, emotional support, but I also have to like say what I want. I also have to go after what I deserve. I also have to really keep myself in check with how I'm comparing myself to people. I keep myself in check with, um, am I doing this out of fear of judgment of others or am I doing this for myself? Those are all very much, I think the most pivotal part of health. And so really, how do you feel? How do you feel before the workout? How do you feel during the workout? Did you get good sleep last night? Like if you didn't get a lot of, if you're on multiple nights of not getting proper sleep, 
it's probably not the time to show how tough you are and bust out a you know really high intensity workout. You you are tough regardless. And if you're a if you're a mother, you are the toughest, right? And mm-hmm. so sometimes we 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 are already ran down. And then we because we're trying to tick all of these boxes of health, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we 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 don't meet or we're very well intentioned, but we actually do more harm than good. And so I think just really going off of how you feel is going to be the the most annoying answer. Yeah. Um, but also like, how is your body responding to those workouts? Um, and then playing with it, you know, maybe adding in one high intensity workout um, a week, seeing how that goes, maybe adding one to two strength training. Maybe it's just starting with your body weight, some, um, yeah, tra- you know, strength training sessions or something on YouTube or whatever, seeing how that goes. Um, and, and just, really be open to playing with it. I think, you know, people come to me and they're like, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. Like, let's do it. You know, I get these amazing women that are super successful that are ticking all the boxes that are super frustrated. Um, and they are willing to do whatever, but it's, it's, it kind of goes beyond the, the ticking of the boxes. And so I, I always, or one of the things I kind of grapple with is, you know, are we dealing with a weight problem or are we dealing with a worth problem? Because if you, mm. if we're not really kind of getting into the, the, the digging deeper part of who you are and what you want, um, then I think as women, we, we put a lot of other people's needs before our own. That is very much a part of your health journey. That is very much affecting um, your body. You know, if we're having thoughts of resentment because nobody does anything for us and we do everything for somebody else our thoughts kind of will create our emotions on our body, which our body reacts to. So that's going to, that's going to create a response to ourselves. Us stressing about all of the to-do lists that we have to do that we never can get done or that we don't want to do, or that we feel like, you know, we're living in a groundhog's day, just ticking off the boxes of, you know, like picking up the kids or going to work or whatever that looks like. Um, that is, is actually affecting your health. And so that's what I found is kind of the biggest aha for me working with clients is like, it's not only about ticking your boxes and running yourself into the ground, doing all of the right things. You are doing all of the right things, but we have to make sure that we're really supporting who you are as a person and what you want, what direction you, you want your life to, to be going in. That's, that's very much a part of your overall health. And so that to me is like, that's my favorite part of it. Um, but that's also listening really to how you feel and kind of getting into what you want, because, um, one of the most common questions I ask, you know, ask women when we're, we're thinking about working together is what do you want? And a common answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that's, that's okay. That's a great starting point. But, um, but, but that is, it is what that is exactly what it is a starting point. And then we can start to really get into what works for you food wise, what works for you movement wise, um, and kind of start slowly building those habits in, in like, in the, at the same time with, with really building who you are and what life you want, want for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. I mean, I think that is, that is a big part of it. It's, it's trying to figure out, okay, what's changed, what's going on, what's happening underneath everything and, and why things in your body are working a certain way. Um, it makes a lot of sense for sure. Do you find that 
um, with clients, is there a big difference kind of hitting that 40-ish hump? I found with myself, you know, I, I just noticed things in my body changing a lot and it's hard to um, maybe, I don't want to say lower your expectations. Maybe it's like change your expectations of, you know, what does a workout look, what look, what does it look like, or, you know, how intense should I be? Or should I be changing things? Like I've heard some people say, yeah, I decided, you know, at say 50 that I wanted to not run anymore. And now I do more power walking, things like that. Like, how do we listen to our bodies and know, um, how to make those changes, but still be able to, you know, be fit and, and mm-hmm. do what we need and still, you know, keep that longevity and vitality? Yeah, that's such a great question. Well, you know, I think one of my biggest um, pet peeves is just the cliches that are put on us, right? As women or as like, you know, in a relationship, like, you know, what one partner is supposed to be like and the other partners, like the roles that we play. And I I just don't think that life is going to or has to go in a certain way. And so for me, just you kind of touching on what we spoke about before, uh, if I'm able to run at 50, I'm going to F and run at 50. Um, Because I, I want my body to, I want to be able to move my body in, in any way that I can for as long as I can. And mm-hmm. so like kind of coming back to like, what do you want to do? You know, and if, if in that pursuit, you're not as capable as you want once were, how, like, do you want to keep going, you know, where you're at, or do you want to like maybe scale back? And that's just something, it's just a very much a personal journey. I do have to say that I am a huge like believer and you know advocate for strength training especially for women. If we want to change our body competition competition composition um that is not done through running ourselves into the ground with cardio no pun intended. That is going to be be um achieved through building strength and muscle. And you know it's not just about body composition but hey that sure helps but for women, it is, it is strengthening our bones. It is strengthening our overall structure. It is speeding up our metabolism because we're going to add more muscle and strength to our body and adding more muscle and strength to your body. It's really important that we be able to get up off the ground. It's really important to me to be able to pick up my niece and nephew. It's really important to me to be able to, um, you know, walk through the airport, uh, and carry my bags. Um, and I only just said that because I, was recently in an airport and a woman got off and was in uh, a wheelchair and the the attendant that was pushing her and I overheard her saying I would never be able to walk this distance and I was just like oh my gosh that just breaks my heart it breaks mm-hmm. my heart and so strength training I I believe is the one constant that we all should be doing and um, you know if we look around in in your family and your friends and in the grocery store. How many women do we see that have strong like bodies? And I'm not talking about like bikini fitness bodies. I'm not talking about must like muscly, you know, every, sometimes women are afraid you're going to gain muscle, which is really hard to do. So good luck. Mm-hmm. You're not I know. That's walking. what I always say. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> good if you luck. figure that out, would you actually call me? Because I, yeah, it takes a lot. It takes beyond I've been doing uh, this for 10 years trying to build muscle yeah yeah yeah. please God please call me um but 
you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just something that for longevity purposes, it's going to, it's, it's not only for body competition, but it's going to be enhancing your overall life. So is the movement that you're doing, do you enjoy it? Like, and I enjoy a little, a push, like I enjoy some, some high intensity intervals where I can like push myself a bit. I don't do it often because it's just not in my wheelhouse anymore. Um, but I do enjoy, I do enjoy that the mental blocks that come up that say, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you have the other voice that says, but you're going to do it. And that, that really builds, you know, there's just so much, many lessons in, in choosing to move our bodies, especially when we choose to move our bodies when we don't feel like it. But mm-hmm. I would just really go off how you feeling, how are you feeling? How do you, you know, how do you want to move your body? What do you want to pursue? Do you want to try something new? I mean, that's always super helpful to try a new movement. Um, you know, even like kayaking, um, rowing, something that's just different that also brings another aspect to your life. You know, working out, I think it's deemed as such this, you know, going to a gym and throwing around weights with guys that are grunting everywhere. And, and it's like, if you don't enjoy that, then don't do it. But mm-hmm. we can figure out other ways to incorporate movement into your life um, that is enriching to you. But it's not, you're not always going to be motivated by any means. So I would really just go off how you feel, how you, how you, how you want to move your body today. And I just don't ever stop doing something that you like, or you want to try because of an age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Please. no, I think that's great. That's great advice for sure. Um, any other key pieces of advice before we wrap up? Anything you want to touch on tools, tips wise? Um, I think we covered so much today. I would just, yeah, yeah, I would just, you know, I think working with, and even my own experience, um, I really believe that, you know, with women in general and just getting the message across that, um, you know, you deserve to feel the way that you want to feel. You deserve to live a life that you, you know, imagine or you dream of. I don't think we dream enough anymore. I think we get kind of stuck in the day-to-day stresses or ruts or Groundhog's Day. And I don't think, you know, sometimes our belief around change is diminished and and changing our life, changing our health, changing our mindset. Um, And I really kind of operate that a lot of us women are walking around with a core belief that we are not enough. And when we operate from that place, um, that's all that we see. And so that to me is my real passion is, is kind of really getting that belief back or getting that belief above and beyond what you um, had, had ever really thought or imagined for you or your life because um, so many of us are living a life to please others. And I don't think we understand the toll that that takes on, um, on, on, on us and our bodies. And so um, I would just hope if anybody is listening to this and you're not feeling well or you are dissatisfied with your symptoms or you're dissatisfied with how your life looks today, that um, there is hope for change. There is hope to feel better um, and then just start to take baby steps in figuring out what that looks like for you. That's great, Amy. This has been such a pleasure. And I'm sure listeners are going to want to find out more about you. What is the best way to connect with you either online, social media? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. I appreciate this. And I, I just love these conversations. Um, I'm on Instagram at Amy Ray Nutrition. Um, I am, you can be email me at Amy Ray Nutrition at gmail.com um, and Facebook at Amy Denson. So yeah, if you have any questions or specifically around thyroid or autoimmune or, or even, you know, thyroid uh, blood tests to ask for, um, please mm. do not hesitate to reach out. I love chatting and, and supporting and helping in any way that I can. Perfect. I'm sure, I'm sure people will do that. And I'm sure you've got so much to share. This has been so great. And I've just loved connecting with you. Um, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much to Amy Denson for the conversation this week. I really learned a lot, loved hearing about her professional athletic background, as well as um, some of the challenges around Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's something I'm always really interested in. I've heard so much about that disorder, and I think it's really um, interesting and that a lot of the different ways that can help it um, are really fascinating and hopefully helpful to anybody who is dealing with that. I also wanted to just again reiterate there's so much in here. I could have talked to her for probably another full episode on all of these things and really appreciated her perspective and everything that she's bringing to helping people to overcome their health issues. Of course, if you want to connect with Amy, she suggested at Amy Ray Nutrition, Ray is R-A-E, at gmail.com and also looking her up on Facebook under Amy Denson. Thanks so much for listening this week. We are heading into summer, so it is such an exciting time. And I hope everybody is getting outside and getting to finally enjoy this beautiful weather. Thanks a lot and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Mm-hmm.